Hi, this is Daniel Williams, psychiatrist type. You're listening to the PTSD Academy podcast. This is episode number 39. What is the cornerstone of all recovery? All recovery in the mental health field. If you've got a diagnosis, if you've got a problem, and I have come up with the answer, it is humility. It's the cornerstone of all recovery. Let me make my case. First of all, I could point to 12-step recovery fellowships who have said outright that humility is the underlying principle that holds up all of the recovery principles. They have 12-step program that also has 12 traditions. And when you read those 12 traditions, you'll see that humility is valued over all other characteristics. So when I got sober at the age of 19, I was given the old-fashioned good advice I'm going to give you now. If you have nothing to study, if you've got nothing, if you hadn't read a book in a while, you know, if you didn't finish high school, go to the dollar store if you've got one, get a pencil, and get a piece of paper, pack of paper, and get a dictionary, and then get copies of the literature you're trying to study, whether it's our materials or, in that case, like a a 12-step book. Alcoholics Anonymous, Sex Addicts Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. You get the idea. Narcotics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous. Anyway, so humility. The AA program, for example, has been around for over 80 years now, I believe, and it's unchanged in its traditions and original manuscript. And there's no reason to argue that humility is a, is a bad idea. Um, the opposite would be arrogance and narcissism. So when I got my pencil and my pack of paper from the dollar store and my dollar dictionary and my dollar Bible from the dollar store when I was 19, uh, I looked up in the dictionary and it seared it into my brain that, that humility is acting or showing a consciousness of one's own defects defects. And so a lot of discussion has to be talked about in terms of defects of character that's not shameful. It's just aspects of our character from wounded pride, past decisions, trauma's been done to us, the way we were raised. doesn't matter how or why necessarily. It matters about making amends and what we want to be going forward. That is recovery. If you don't have an awareness that you have any problem, then right, then you can't do step one of, of uh, recovery, which is to admit that you have a problem. Not exactly. Right? It's admit you're powerless and your life is unmanageable. That is step one. So there you go. Um, humility. And you're not seeing much of that in society anymore. It's become cool to pick on people. So here's how you know if you're humble. And here's how you know if you're not. <laughs> if you're, I did not plan this. If you're humble, if you're humble, let me say it right. I'm going to own the fact that I don't pronounce every word in the dictionary correctly. I don't. And there's a lot of that going on. It's worsened since there's more online curriculum and we're less talking to each other when we hear each other pronounce things. But I'm a victim of a lot of home study, you know, where, where I didn't learn that much. So I just owned that for you. You think, oh, my God, this is a stupid redneck from Texas. What does he know? <laughs> <laughs> right. What does he know? So that's why we're here. Okay. 
So what I would tell you is that if you're not humble, then you're insulting other people. You'll talk over them. You'll minimize, dismiss them, and stonewall them. You'll do name-calling. So if you do name-calling, then you're not being humble. You're not seeing that you are co-equals in a race here. Uh, we are just people. And so if you think you have a superior person uh, position over someone else, say you're racist, you know, if you think that you're better than somebody, then you're not being humble, okay? And um, be yourself, right? But be aware of where your strengths and your weaknesses are. And if you could uh, learn to laugh about them, so much the better. That's when it's okay. Don't take yourself so seriously. Let some of that old stuff go. Acknowledge where it comes from. One of the cutest, funnest ways I see people successfully shake off their old bad habits when they rear their ugly heads up is in the area of anger. When somebody says something angry or irritable and sounds harsh towards somebody and they catch themselves, I've seen people say things like, oh, there goes my stepdad talking again. It's a little bit of a position or a blame, but it should be followed with an amends or apology. It should not be a pattern, you know. So being humble has a lot to do with humility of asking for forgiveness and making amends. So my number one tip for practicing good, healthy humility comes from recovery work, and it is the idea of making amends. So if you've done something to offend somebody, uh, I like to use the example of you ran over your neighbor's mailbox or you backed into the fence and broke it because it has a visible description of the mending process. You don't just go to the neighbor and say, I broke your fence, I'm sorry. Saying I'm sorry is not an amend. It might be true, but I would avoid saying it almost always if possible. Okay? Say instead that you were wrong and and uh the other person was right in if a case of an argument in some respects. If you can point that out, great. If not, that's okay too. Even if you're only 2% wrong and they're 98% wrong, you have to own your side of the street, not to expect them to forgive you immediately, if at all, and just own your side of the street because it's the kind of person you want to be and go to them and say, what's it going to take to make this right? And just saying you're sorry isn't going to fix the mailbox or the fence. So you have to be willing to fix the mailbox or the fence. You have to pay restitution. You have to be able to go anywhere in town, anytime, travel around, look people in the eye and not worry that someone's going to make eye contact with you that you owe money to or haven't treated right and they're not going to be happy with you. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You do not deserve to live that way. But that's not the real reason that you do it. The real reason that you go to somebody that you have offended, that you don't like, and you have to own your side of the street, that look them in the eye and tell them you were wrong about something, you know very few will do that. In fact, the 12-step AA book says that, that people really only do the 12 steps unless they know that their life depends on it. Well, I think in the area of PTSD, anger, depression, suicidal thoughts, homicidal thoughts, reflexive guard where you want to carry weapons and be ready to fight like all the time. Your guard's up in your life all the time. If you're living like that, then I think that is a serious enough reason you need to follow my advice to the T and don't leave anything out, people. 
I mean, I'm a psychiatrist. I've seen people go to the end, you know, and I thank God I'm so grateful that at least yet today that uh, none of my patients have committed suicide. You know, it's not a, like it's a bragging point or anything. Uh, we never know really which ones to worry about and which ones don't. In almost all cases, looking back, it's not um, seen ahead of time statistically. Um, statistically, okay. That doesn't mean that's your experience. <laughs> but we have to think outside of our experience so we can have a common language about trauma and PTSD and recovery. So um, I'm not saying anything to try to offend groups because there is such thing as secondary PTSD. You can just be the family member of the one with PTSD, thinking about it, hearing it, watching it uh, unfold in the middle of the night with them having sweats and nightmares. That can get you freaked out and aware of the trauma and violence out there and get you scared and perked up and jumpy as well. So yeah, it can be passed on. It's an energy. It's energy. And why do you think, why do you think TV keeps us so mesmerized, right? It's the new mesmerization from the 18th century. You know, and that's because it creates a mood and it keeps you locked into that. So it's just tapping your buttons and strings and people can just be strung along and led like sheep when their amygdala is being manipulated. Whether it's through medications, lack of medications, poor nutrition, lack of sleep, fear and anxiety, or so-called entertainment. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Peace out.